This is Tom Fox. I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series, Integrity Matters, Assessing the Corporate Compliance Climate in 2021, brought to you and sponsored by K2 Integrity. In this five-part exploration, I'm joined by Nazana Gabauer, who is an Executive Managing Director and Head of Investigations and Risk Advisory Practice for the Americas. She advises leaders in business, finance, and government on risk management, investigations, and compliance, and is recognized for her experience in anti-corruption and investigative matters in Latin America, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and Asia, across every business sector. And Bob Brenner, who is the global co-managing partner and chief legal officer at K2 Integrity. He has more than 25 years experience in advising government and private sector clients as a monitor, investigator, and as consultant. Bob has been appointed and currently serves as a monitor or independent consultant on behalf of federal, state, and local government agencies, as well as international regulatory bodies. Bob and his team have also designed and implemented changes to clients' compliance procedures, risk assessment procedures, and processes, training protocols, and technology to close loopholes and provide both robust monitoring of future transactions and conduct. Over this five-part series, we will assess the landscape resulting from the pandemic regarding compliance. We will consider what companies can expect from the new administration and its priorities. We will consider anti-bribery and anti-corruption compliance and enforcement in 2021. We will look at global trends impacting risk and compliance in 2021. And we will conclude with preparing your company for what is next. In this episode, I visit with Bob Brenner on the global trends impacting risk and compliance in 2021. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode in our exploration of assessing corporate compliance climate in 2021. Today, we're going to take up global trends impacting risk and compliance in 2021 with Bob Brenner. Bob, first of all, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tom. Good to be with you. Bob playing Karnak the Magnificent or the Veiled Look into the Land of the Future and the Crystal Ball is one of my most favorite things. But unfortunately, it's become a much bigger part of a counselor and advisor like yourself. Uh, so there's a, two or three uh, aspects of this I wanted to maybe visit with you about in this podcast. And I wanted to start with sanctions uh, because sanctions ramped up in a way that I think under this administration we had not seen. And here I mean economic and trade sanctions. Uh, they were coming fast and furious, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, what Do you see this as a trend uh, going forward? Do you see the Biden administration perhaps uh, taking the foot off the gas pedal, or is, or is this just where we are and where we're going to be going forward? The time I, you know, I don't see them taking their foot off the, uh, off the gas pedal, though I think they might do it in somewhat of a more nuanced way. Uh, my expectation is that it will be done um, in a more collaborative way, with um, some of our allies, particularly in, in the EU. Um, and um, it may be that they're actually more aggressive um, and um, in a more systemic way, um, looking at um, uh, Russian sanctions. Um, you know, it will continue as what's become a critical foreign policy tool, really. You know, initially, 
the you know sanctions historically was something that was used, and the, the focus of it was to prevent um, you know the transfer of, of illicit funds and particularly terrorist financing. That's what you really wanted to uh, to shut down. But you know, in recent years, it certainly has shifted to be um, almost more of a central um, foreign policy tool. And so, you know, I think some of the way in which it gets enforced will be tracking what we can expect with respect to foreign policy, which will be greater collaboration with our traditional allies, EU and UK. Um, and I think with respect to Russia, it'll be very interesting to see how it's used um, and whether there will be use of sanctions as retaliation for the, the recent uh, uh, cyber events. Um, which clearly have been uh, identified as uh, being perpetrated by Russia, even if the the senior level of Trump administrations haven't, you know, officially confirmed that or taken any retaliatory action yet. Um, one of the agencies that really came to the forefront, I think, in many uh, corporations' minds in the past four years, and I hope compliance practitioners, was CFIUS, and it's been around. I can't remember, but I want to say almost forever, but probably 30, 40, 50 years. But it really came to prominence in the, under the Trump administration. Do you see it having a prominent presence going forward? And if so, how can we get the word out about this incredibly important committee to corporate America? Yeah, it's interesting. It was created in, in 1975, um, the original format by uh, President Ford, um, which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, and it is a committee that's uh, uh, composed of virtually all of the senior, um, you know, major departments of government from Treasury, Secretary of State, uh, you know, the State Department, the Defense Department, um, and the like. Um, and it has a very broad mandate, um, you know, on paper. Um, it has the authority to review any foreign investment that could result in the control of a U.S. business by a foreign person. But there then are uh, focuses on uh, different levels of review in broad terms um, if it's engaged in a national security uh, implied business um, or uh, a variety of other areas. But it's really very broad. Um, and really important for almost all uh, sectors um, or almost all advisors to companies that, uh, you know, that might be foreign companies looking to invest in the U.S. or holding in, uh, U.S. Uh, investments to really understand the breadth and to follow closely the way in which um, the enforcement actions might occur. So, for instance, now we're assisting a particular company that's in the um, hospitality sector that happens to have a segment that um, is a U.S.-owned entity. Now, you would think that that is fairly far removed from national security. Um, however, of course, because of the business they're in, they do in their um, U.S. subsidiaries have access to um, you know, reservation information, and therefore it's going to be certain personal uh, information about U.S. citizens. And therefore, CFIUS is, is implicated. So really, um, I would say general counsel and compliance uh, officers for major multinationals really have to look closely um, about their operations and understand the way in which CFIUS is, 
is uh, operating and where their focus and enforcement is. I have to share with you my current favorite CFIUS story, which is the following. In December, in the local Houston paper, the Houston Chronicle, was a story in the business section uh, entitled, Where Was the CFIUS Review? And it was the purchase by a Chinese corporation of land in West Texas. And I was actually thrilled because it was the first time I'd seen in a regular newspaper a reference to CFIUS and that somebody knew that even real estate transactions could have a, a CFIUS review component. So I think maybe the word is finally getting out. Yeah. I mean, I do think if you look back, it took many years from the time when um, FCPA was first passed to where you had significant broad enforcement and recognition about what the requirements of FCPA are. And so this is a very slow maturation process as well. But I do uh, think that it's going to continue to be um, uh, utilized in a broad way. And it's interesting because this is one of those areas in which there might not be a notable difference, at least initially, between the approach of the Trump administration and the Biden administration with respect to China and investments by uh, Chinese entities um, in um, in U.S. assets. Um, I would expect that there still would be very close scrutiny with respect to that, particularly, you know, as um, you know, as the Biden administration begins to have different kind of trade discussions with China um, than the Trump administration did. I think one of their levers will be. Uh, the degree to which there is CFIUS scrutiny for foreign investment with respect to China. Well, let me pick up on your China point, because you talked about perhaps more focused, targeted, or nuanced sanctions involving Russia uh, around the uh, hack uh, in uh, late, or I guess it was ongoing, but we discovered in late 2020. China has also been in the news uh, under the Trump administration, with the Trump administration issuing an executive order in November regarding uh, companies that had ties to the Chinese Communist Party or the Chinese military. We had uh, some type of order, I'm not quite sure how to characterize it, requiring delisting of Chinese companies on uh, U.S. stock exchanges, Uh, some confusion around all those. But do you see targeted sanctions continuing around China in a perhaps even more robust uh, manner, particularly after uh, the recent events in Hong Kong? Yeah, I do think that there's going to be a very close scrutiny um, uh, of uh, Chinese activity in this way. Um, clearly, the Biden administration is going to focus a bit more on human rights violations. And, um, you know, whereas uh, the Trump administration really did not consider that very much with respect to um, how they were going to enforce sanctions, I do think that they will use that again, as a lever, both with respect to um, changing, um, uh, you know, Chinese activity there, or maybe restraining it with respect to both Taiwan um, and Hong Kong. Um, And they'll use it, um, again, as a a bargaining tool, I think, to some degree. Bob, in the first decade of this uh, century, I traveled to China probably half a dozen times to do uh, uh, commercial deals, transactions with uh, U.S. energy companies with uh, their Chinese counterparts. And there was a very robust commercial uh, business back and forth. And it struck me that 
from the U.S. perspective, of course, it was a, it's a wide open market. From the Chinese perspective, they wanted our technology and some of our goods and services. Is that something that you continue to see that uh, commercial relationship between U.S. companies and, and Chinese companies? Or is that something that uh, may lessen because of some of these other considerations you've talked about? No, I, I don't think you can turn back the clock with respect to um, the need for um, U.S. Uh, multinationals to be able to, uh, you know, sell into China. I think it's just a fact. I think some of these other enforcement actions, whether it be CFIUS or sanctions or certain other controls, and might be helpful as Biden administration tries to negotiate um, reasonable trade agreements. You know, which they're going to want to get certain concessions uh, with respect to the protection of IP, while also uh, otherwise uh, changing the you know the current protocols with respect to uh, tariffs and the like, which aren't serving uh, either side very well, to be honest. Well, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. But I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on any of the topics we've uh, hit upon in this podcast. Where could they go? Well, we certainly encourage them to come to K2Integrity.com or follow us on Twitter. So, Bob, thank you again. I look forward to continuing the conversation, and I hope our listeners will join us for our fifth and final episode tomorrow where we talk about preparing your company for what's next. Thanks again. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in our five-part podcast series on Integrity Matters, Assessing the Corporate Com- Alliance Climate in 2021, sponsored by K2 Integrity. For more information, you can check out the K2 Integrity website at www.k2integrity.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode as we continue to explore many of the issues that corporate compliance professionals, practitioners, and corporate compliance functions will face in 2021 and beyond. This podcast series has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network.